Hello and welcome to a. Uh, I don't want to put it. An episode. An episode of History from the Big Chair, your favorite Tuesday Fuse podcast. The only. The only, as of right now. Imagine when the this OG. episode comes out, there's just another one. The original. Um, I am Brendan, host of History from the Big Chair, and with me is... <laughs> Why did you say it like that? I don't know. I'm Chloe, the other host of <laughs> History from the Big Chair. Alright. So, uh, um, yeah. this one we're doing here today. Everyone's favorite episode. Everyone's I'm going to say it right now. I'm going to say it right here, right now. If you didn't tell from the title already, it's about the breakup. Dun dun! Everyone stops listening. Yeah. We lost everybody just uh, now. Hello. Right then and there. And we all want to pretend it didn't here. happen. Yeah, here's the thing. I love Elemental, so I pretend it happened. I have a question for you. What's up? As a lifelong fan, have you just grown up with the knowledge that they broke up at one point? Or was there like a point in time where you didn't know and then you found out and you were no, like... No, I, I, I always knew. Okay. Because like I've all because I grew up knowing their whole catalog, all yes. six albums at that point. So I knew that, even though I may not have fully registered. Actually, never. That's not true. When I was five years old, I knew the difference between Roland and Kurt. Hundred percent. I knew who was who. I knew what was what. I knew. I just knew. Maybe when I was even like four years old, I knew. Meanwhile, so, um, I was like, how old was I? Again? I think I was like, oh god. 15. Oh, jeez. I think I was 15, and I was like, it's the one guy that sings. It's just it's just the one guy. <laughs> Typically is one guy that sings, yes, but sometimes two guys sing. I together. thought it was Kurt. Remember that? Remember all yep. that? I went I there. Know. I'll get there again some other time. Yeah, but um, this it's always something I knew. that um okay. Because the Universal Masters Collection DVD... Had the videos for a good night song and break it down and get on it. And it was always like, Where's Kurt? Mommy, where's Kurt? Not yeah, that was definitely. That's, that was you. That was me. Uh, I don't think I cared enough to ask where he was. Um, you're five. You just exist when you're five and that's it. Real? You don't, you don't really think about stuff like that. You don't even know five plus four when you're five. Um, basically, I just kind of, you know. I do know. I, you know, I'm, I'm doing hand motions here. <laughs> I'm aware. I know what you're saying. Uh, but yeah, there's, there's just something that popped in mind earlier. I yeah, I definitely, thinking. um, definitely knew. And I was told, like, growing up as a kid, that, like, um. One would grow up as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> I'm giving you some. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, had, I had a long day. Um, <laughs> I did as well. Basically, um, shit, oh my god, I'm having a rough time here. It's um, okay. I was told that What's... Roland and Kurt broke up in the early 90s, but that it was devastating for my mom. <laughs> It, I, but Roland was yeah. always her favorite, so it wasn't that devastating. Um, but, Real. yeah, I think 
when they broke up, I feel like a lot of people weren't surprised. Um, we're jumping right in, by the way. We're just going to jump oh, right in. So, hey, wait a minute. I have a story to tell. But... Actually, let's, let's just start here real quick. Tears Your Fears broke up in 1991. 91? Yeah, I figured. 1991, because, I mean, you figured they were torn the seeds of love in the U.S. Yeah, all the way until, like, July of 1990. Yeah. There's no way they, like, would have... Yeah. No, whatever. But, um, yeah, what do you have to offer here? So. Good on. Good Peter album Gabriel. by Peter Gabriel. you've never heard. Which I've never heard. I've heard Sledgehammer. That's on there, right? Yep. I've heard... Is the one with Kate Bush on there? Is the song with Kate Bush, right? Yep. Okay, okay. I knew I'm not tripping. Anyway, so it's 2020. I'm on YouTube because I was on there a lot when it came to Tears of Fear stuff, whether it was listening to songs or watching videos. And I see a video pop up in my recommended, and it's like Roland Norzenball talks about the breakup, and I was like, what? No. So I watched it. It was from like Happy Ending Era, and my whole world just like shattered. I had no idea. I'm not sure when in my timeline that would have been. Let me think a little bit. I want to say I probably would have listened to The Seeds of Love by then. So probably fairly early. But oh, so, like, so you were gonna you were gonna find out one way or another, basically. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but <laughs> well, no, because I I went into it pretty headstrong. Like I went into it like I hit the ground running. I was super into their music. I was super just into them you know what i'm saying so then yeah even though it was really early on they're a fan of an artist well sometimes it takes yeah sometimes it builds up for some people anyway um oh no Mm -hmm. um i what was i saying Oh, yes, yes. So it was, it, even though it was really early on to me uh, being a fan, like it still was like, um, I cannot think. It, it, not heartbreaking, but I was just so distraught over it. I was like, no, they broke up. But then I found because out they I got back together. Because I yeah. learned what a happy ending was. <laughs> I mean, I understand what you're talking about, but even though, like, these are two guys that we don't know, you know. It still feels like when you think about it, it's like so weird to think that, like, seeing how they are now that these guys couldn't stand each other for like a whole decade. They're basically. buddies. Hey, man, stuff happens. Yep, that's life. You just gotta get through it. Yippers. Anyway, let's get going. How is this? Tell All me, right. what are we doing here? So to start, I shall read. A brief excerpt from the Seeds of Love interview book from the box set. Smart. You get to hear me read. I'm pretty That's literate weird. when it comes to reading. Um, this is a quote from Roland. Um, there was an evolution from the first down through to the Seeds of Love where you can see myself growing up very much and getting to the age of 28, very different to the person who was 19 writing Mad World. Kurt sang four songs on the first down, two songs on the second down, and one on the third down, so it just wasn't the same thing. Chris Hughes said, I do remember staying pretty close to both of them. I didn't take sides. I knew them. I know them very, very well. 
when I first met them, they were quite young. I was seven years older than Roland. They seemed young and naive, and by the end of it, they seemed like grown men. Roland responds very well to positive input and positive ideas. They don't always have to be his ideas, but he's not good with negativity and deconstruction. He's generous and open-hearted. Kurt said, when we'd done the album, I knew I was leaving. I told Roland, in retrospect, probably not a good idea to decide before the tour. I should have left it to the end. It was a combination of things. I wasn't enjoying it anymore. I didn't think it was good for me. Because of those things, I think I created tension between us. I decided I was going to move to New York. I just needed to leave England to get out, and I didn't think me living in New York was going to work. Of course, now we have him living in England and me living in L.A., and it's working okay. And then Roland said, we were still pretty friendly. It was the tour that broke the camel's back. And to continue that, it was very clear, I guess, at that point that um, creative differences can be used as an excuse. I said in the last episode that creative difference is always the excuse that artists who hate each other use for advanced putting up. But I like to draw that back and just say that's not always the truth. But I feel like in this case, it was a mix of I've grown tired of you. And we're just not interested in the same thing anymore. Yeah. I think Roland, at this rate, was very, I don't want to say self-obsessed, but he knew what he wanted to do. He knew what he wanted to do. And I guess his vision wasn't being matched by... Yeah, yeah. the The vision they had initially was, let's do an album about, you know our feelings towards our younger selves and our parents and life and parenthood and all that to get money for primal therapy. That was the initial mm-hmm. mindset they had for the hurting. And then Big Chair was also kind of a joint effort, you know? Yeah. They had more help with like Ian and Chris and whatnot. But by the time you get to the scenes of love, the creative direction is purely wrong. Oh, absolutely. And it's really only him. I mean, Ian walked out, Chris Hughes walked out a few times. I mean, Dave was there to help finish off producing the album. With Roland, yeah. But at that point, it was really only just Roland and Kurt. I guess not to bring up any personal life details, but he was going through a divorce. Yeah. He was living in New York with um, their tour manager. So mm. obviously, it's going to be hard making an album two different continents. Not hard now, because email and Dropbox, but back then... There was something in there that you said that, like, stood out to me. I don't know where it was, though. Maybe you can look over again and throw out a couple things. All right. I'm just going to get to the last section here. Um, oh, okay, okay. This is about the tour. Um, this is oh, yeah, it was that. It was the tour. It was how – I didn't know that it was something that he brought up before the tour. Yeah. Which, honestly, was a bad idea on his part. But I at mean, the same time, like, you know, stuff happens, you know? Yeah. So this is what Kurt had to say. What we've learned from the old tours is pick the personnel very carefully. You don't want anyone to be an issue on tour. We had so many bands where we had issues with people. Now it's like a breeze. We ha- we have the best band members you could have because they're grown-ups and they cause no problems. That tour was hard. It was becoming apparent during the season of Love Recording that we had different ideas about how things should sound. And I certainly wasn't a fan of a lot of the meticulous way that a lot of things were done. But I was going back to North to do other stuff or I could just leave the studio. When you're on tour, there's no leading. So we're kind mm. of pushing together, have to do interviews together. We weren't getting on at all, yet we were forced to be together. That's going to cause some resentment for both of us. Mm-hmm. That's very interesting to say that um, 
um, other band members from touring groups past were causing problems and whatnot. I think that's a very interesting keynote to point out. I wonder who he's talking about. I don't speculate, but it's just an interesting keynote. Yeah. One, you know? I'm just like, I wonder who it is. Like, yeah. generally. <laughs> yeah. I'm curious now. So then Roland says, there were factions on the Seeds of Love tour curtain. A few others used to wear t-shirts that had Bad Boys Club on them. And then on the other side, you had me, Olita, and her boyfriend at the time. Very different factions. Things got really bad. I think in Venice, the tension was terrible. We'd done a bit of touring, and I was sat at home when I didn't really want to go out on anymore. I was persuaded to for the sake of the musician's wage bill. But it has been reported, the straw that broke the camel's back between me and Kurt was the fact that we had a manager, Paul King, who went bankrupt, but before he went bankrupt, took the profits from our South American tour and ran off with them. I think yeah. Kurt was friendly with Paul and I wasn't. Kurt didn't see it as a wrongdoing and I did. Our lawyers saw it as a wrongdoing, so Kurt got a different lawyer. But that's when we had a yeah. big falling out. We had the meeting in the concert marquee in LA and we did Nebworth. That was our final show. I didn't even bother to say goodbye to Kurt. Damn. And that's it. So no, I didn't hear that there was some Nebworth, of that. Obviously, right? Nebworth was their last show together Nebworth before was they their broke last up. Show. And then wow. they did That's a full crazy. set of like what their tour was at the time, or at least close to a full set. And after that, they parted ways, and that was it. They never, I don't think they ran into each other until they actually arranged a meeting. Yeah. Back in, when did, I forget, they went, didn't they go out to dinner in like 2000 or 2001? And that was, I think it was like 2000, like they because met up again. They because had, people kept kind of like urging them to, right? They were kind of urged. And I remember they had paperwork to sign or something like that, that they like, had to do via fax machine. And I think mm-hmm. either one of them, fa- I'm getting, it's a very cloudy period for me because there is not a lot of information. There's almost no information about what tears for fears were. Between Raul and Happy in it. It's such yeah. a gray area. Yeah. And obviously you have Tomcats. Which. Also not a lot about that on the internet anymore. It's hard to track that stuff down. And then Mayfield. Obviously was Kurt's thing. So. Yeah. There's a very big gray area as to ha- like what happened. And what caused them to get back together. Maybe if I can conduct enough research. We can do an episode on that after Raul. And just do like a episode just called it was a happy ending and i'm not talking the album <laughs> what do you think had a good episode wait, title wait what could you repeat i think the episode title should be uh everybody was happy ending and we're not talking about the album right is it like oh you just this the reunion yeah just do an episode on the reunion you Interesting. Know, okay get back together yeah, what happened well i guess to uh end that story on a high note um, I didn't know that Nebworth was their last show together, though. That's Nebworth. really crazy to me. Yeah, Nebworth was their last show. Know how um, during Bad Man's song, um, Roland uh, used to uh, bug Kurt like, yeah. during that guitar duel. He, he still kind of does it now. I guess yeah. they do it to each other. Well, um, at, during that, Roland uh, did it. Like, he looked over his shoulder and, like, smiled at him or something. Kurt just looked at him and just kept playing. Didn't even smile, didn't even react. Damn. And then you can look at that. You actually look at body language. 
and yeah. almost like they're running away from each other. Like one's trying mm-hmm. to go that way, the other's going the other way. It's really weird to think at like one point that these dudes like hated each other. And so no wonder people don't like this. Like even I'm not liking this. Like, I'm talking to about you. This, I know, like, I'm like, I'm like, I like the music. I like Elemental. Elemental. I like some of the songs on Elemental. I like. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I like. I thought you like misspoke or something, and then you said I like some of them. Like, what did you say? (laughs) (laughs) But you you know what I'm saying. Like, I don't like hate. I don't. I don't hate Elemental. Okay. Anyway, so I like Elemental. I like Raul. So you know, yeah. But the 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 breakup itself is kind of a tough subject. But it's important. We can't just act like it didn't happen. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. Wow, that's crazy that they they were kind of like taking sides with the bandmates on tour. Basically, is that what they were? That's crazy. Roland, no, Roland said that it was if some people on tour used to wear a shirt that said "Bad Boys Club" on them, and Kurt was one of them. Another member used to wear them, and then the other side was just Roland, Alita, and her boyfriend, and that's it. That's crazy. Where does Andy Davis fall on top? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like was Will Gregory Andy... walking around wearing a shirt that's a Bad Boys Club on it? I would like, well, I, w- I hope not. I would hope that Willie Greg and Andy Davis were just kind of on their own team and being like, stop fighting, guys. <laughs> like, yeah. That's sad. Yeah, but like, here's the clip I'm talking about. I can't play it on you, but I'm going to show you. And I assume listeners don't talk about it. The Networth performance is so easy to find on YouTube, but. As you can see, right there. He's like peeking watch, up. Watch. Keeps peeking up at him. Kurt's smiling there. Kurt's and then smiling. I guess he sees watch Rose here. behind him. <laughs> doesn't, even, doesn't even crack a smile. Wait, I don't think I've ever seen that. The way Roland was just like. <laughs> Brendan, Brendan, I don't Brendan. watch this performance. He's like this. But like, it's funny. Like, <laughs> look at them. It's like. This is just weird footage. Like, <laughs> Roland. His hair is so long, long at this point. Like, it's crazy. Wow. Look at him go. Yeah. That made me laugh. <laughs> Can you show me again? That was actually yeah, really absolutely. funny. Yeah. <laughs> we got to put a clip of that on our account as, like, promo yeah. for this episode. Yeah. Or, like, a, a screen cap or something. I don't know why. <laughs> That's just. Yeah. I got the clip up again. Don't worry. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> it's it's hilarious. Uh, uh, but yeah. Um, oh, oh wait, no, we haven't gone there yet. Never I'm curious mind. to look real quick because this is on topic. What was the last song they performed as a duo? Ooh. That would have been "Everybody Wants to Rule the World." How appropriate. This is what this was their set at Nebworth. This is very interesting. This is a very weird set list. They did Head Over Heels slash Broken, Change, Pale Shelter, Sowing the Seeds of Love, All You Need Is Love, Advice for the Young at Heart, I've Got to Sing My Song, Batman Song, and Everybody Wants to the World. All You Need Is Love, yet they had none. So even <laughs> in a festival thing. gig, they still gave a lead spot, which is Period. Awesome. I mean, I've got to sing my songs fantastic. I love that. As we discussed As in we the discussed in the last episode, episode, check it out. Yeah. God. Um, I love yeah, Alita. It's, it's obviously a shame. Like, 
most bands don't last forever. I mean, um, nothing ever lasts forever. Everyone's... Actually, I should point out that um, since that was the last song I did, Everybody Wants the World is one of the three songs, one of the three performances you can get on the Nebworth DVD slash Blu-ray. I should point out, I have the full show on, it's not the full show. I have like the video, the audio version of the video, like the highlight performances and whatnot mm-hmm. on CD. I don't know if I ever mentioned that. I found it in a sale bin for eight bucks and I saw Nebworth and there's a little picture of Rolling Kurt in the corner. Oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so, since Everybody Wants the World was the last one they did and it's on the video, technically their last performance together is filmed from wow. that era. You know, so that's crazy. That is pretty neat. Sad, but neat. But I just doesn't almost feel appropriate that that was the last song they did. It is sin. I mean, it's the biggest hit, yeah. you know, going out on top, I guess. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. They didn't do shout. Interesting. Um, hang on. Interesting. Um, what was that? But, um, <laughs> but, uh, shall we, um, I guess, dive is in? Is there anything else you have to say about the breaking up, though? Or is that pretty uh, much all there was to say? I guess that really, I mean, it's just, I, looking back at the seeds of love, I mean, sure, my favorite two is on, but they just, the photo shoots didn't go as hard as they did for the first two rounds. I agree. Like, they just... They even kind of gave me the vibe that they didn't really want to be around each other. Yeah, because, like, it's, you've mentioned this in a previous episode. I'm not sure which one. It could have been Q&A, maybe. I don't recall, unfortunately. The first Q&A, let me specify. That's April. It's a long time ago. It is a long time ago. Where you were basically saying how, if, if you look at any photo from that era, you will see that. For the most part, they are just not smiling. And there's maybe like one or two where they actually are both smiling in them. Yeah. And I mean, because here's the thing. I personally feel like, obviously, I don't know their inner workings of the brain. I don't know what they were feeling at the time. I assume distaste for one another. That's what they were mainly feeling. But I feel like at that point, they were not the depressed or angry young men that made their first two albums. I definitely feel like. They had lightened up, and I think that's actually a reflection of the music on the album. And I see going from this is actually a point I made recently, not to you, but I think this is this might be interesting. You might actually agree with me this. I think from going from such a stark black and white image to a burst of color and brightness mm-hmm. in between two albums is a reflection not only on the music, the sonics, but also on that. You know, because it kind of reminds me, and it, it, I'm gonna do what you do. And it, so, actually, something you do, I actually really like a lot, is how we'll be talking about Tears for Fears, and then you'll immediately connect it to another artist. I'm like, you like connecting another artist to it. it's like really good talking points and good comparisons. It also makes you look smart because you are smart, but I, I'm gonna do that now and say so it was mm-hmm. kind of the same thing for 21 Pilots. You know, they were relatively known for being more, like, emo bands. But then, of course, with their more recent album, the colors were pink and blue. Usually they're black, black and red, black, yellow, just dark, you know, more just emotional. But in this, in their most recent album, it was, it had more lighthearted sound. And, and you know, when you take into consideration, like, 
they're both married now one of them's got a family mm-hmm. you know like they're not these depressed young adults anymore and so Good i think it's kind of the same thing for tears for tears where it's like they they were growing up mm-hmm. i mean you figure four years is a long time when you're in your 20s <laughs> yeah um and by the time the see the loves coming out they're pushing 30 30's not old at all i should point out 30's not old 30 is because not old. doesn't mean that 30's old but Correct. i guess there's a big difference between how old would they have been Beecher? 24 23 24 23 24 yeah there's a big difference between being 23 24 and being 20 at 29 there's a huge difference you learn yeah. a lot yeah. and i guess they learned a lot about themselves and i guess the biggest thing they learned is that they were no longer compatible as artists together mm. at least before. at that point in their at lives that point. but i guess um i'm glad it happened because some artists go on for too long and they mm. you know develop severe hatred for each other and to the point do where, you like, think that them having a break I think, good the best, I think the best thing they music. could have done was, was taking some time away from each other, which they did for a yeah. very long time. I definitely think it was right to happen. Look at a band like the Beach Boys. Um, and look at what Mike Love has done to ruin their name and the trajectory of what Brian Wilson, Carl Wilson built as this. Um, I guess you can take a look at the fact that an album like Sunflower came out in the same decade as an album like 15 big ones or miu mm. it's the fact that sunflower is still the most beautiful piece of music i've ever heard start to finish it's my personal favorite album of the 1970s probably and um i think the beach boys should have ended in 1973 after holland because the beach what about boys kokomo be- i don't like kokomo <laughs> you you can't make up your mind on kokomo like sometimes you'll love it, and some I love Kokomo. I'm strong in my Kokomo belief. I'm a Kokomo enjoyer. Yeah, <laughs> At the same time, I do have a soft spot for some Beach Boys music. Like I don't know if you know "Rock and Roll to the Rescue" from '85. I, I love that yeah. song, "California Dreaming," which is in Stranger Things. That's great. Yes, so, I like um, that cover a lot. But like. I mean, I guess it's also a thing with aging. The Beach Boys never made anything as good as Holland or Carla Passions ever again after 1973. But um, look at it now. Um, though he's old and frail, Brian Wilson no longer tours. Al Jardine tours on his own. Um, Blondie Chaplin and Ricky Fitar aren't even associated with the Beach Boys anymore. I mean, Blondie Chaplin toured with Brian Wilson. But you have yeah, Mike yeah. Love carrying on the Beach Boys' name without any Wilson brother in it. That's crazy. I mean, obviously... It's not the Beach Boys without a Wilson, I mean, you in my it. opinion. I, think the I don't Beach care Boys if you're Mike Carl. Love. The Beach Boys died with Carl. Man, he was... He had the best voice, in my opinion. He did. Would you believe I found something recently that he only sang 31% of their songs? They have a lot of music. They they have, my like, club sings about sixty percent, apparently. Which is this isn't the Beach Boys. No, picture. no, we could actually probably do for YouTube. I think yeah. get away with the Beach Boys special, do a Sunflower review, like a Pet Sounds video. Potentially. <laughs> Potentially, but um, my my general point, whether you look at a band like the Beatles, uh, Beach Boys, um, 
I can't say Genesis because I don't think anyone ever hated each other. I think Peter Gabriel and Deepak had just left because they just left. But there comes to a point where you can only do so much as a band together. And in my opinion, the Beatles did the best thing. They went out on top. Abbey Road was the last album they recorded together, which is mm. widely considered to be one of the best albums ever made. Because they didn't try to do anything after it. They didn't try to do anything after it. They thought about it. They met, and then John was like, mm-mm. And then Paul publicly left, and then became a huge part of the language, shit fest. <laughs> but they went out on top. I genuinely believe that band went out on top. And Interesting. In my opinion, these guys went out on top. Tears your fears. Yeah, it was a really good um, Seed Love is a fantastic off. album, so I have... I can't really call myself, like, upset that they broke up. I think it was needed. Yeah, it, as sad as it is. As sad as it is. And they came back. Mm-hmm. And I know, I have another question jumps. for you. So considering, like, the breakup, like, what do you think of the comeback itself? Like, I definitely think that Everyone's Happy Ending was the most underwhelming comeback imaginable. As much as I love that album, yeah. it did nothing. Closest thing to heaven did nothing as a comeback single um the album flopped it did not get it got panned critically it's not received very well amongst fans right i think that's more so the case only because it wasn't accessible to them kind of like my case I don't think poorly of it. It's just the fact that, like, I haven't had... But then you figure, like, I didn't have tipping points since the beginning. And now I yeah. love, love this. Yeah, no, but that's different. The, the because tipping point really it. is the Tears for Fears comeback album. It's the album that I agree. launched them back as... I mean, you figure. Well, because here's the thing. Here's the thing. Pl- they played The Form, The Hollywood Bowl, and Madison Square Garden on that tour. And, and, and uh, Bethel. Woodstock Bethel. Rounds. They played Woodstock Rounds. Yeah, we were so, there like, for that. Um, the band is but, just... So, you really yeah. gotta think about it. Let me talk. <laughs> this really was like a, a second comeback. Yes. It was because it was 17 and a half years since your last album. It's mm-hmm. a comeback. It's a comeback. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing Tears for Fears never went away. They I know, because they had they, Ready Boy and Girls. They had I Love You But I'm Lost. I know. They were there. They were, they were touring. There, they were, they were touring doing shows. All the time, but but like, in terms of new music, it was a it was a comeback of its own, even though yeah. they never left. Yeah, it was. Is there like a rejuvenation? It's like a new phase. Like I think we're in a new Tears of Fears phase, I guess. Yeah. Oh this yeah, I'm, I'm here this for it. Phase Phase One is turning in big chair. Or, no, I call Phase One the first three albums, just mm. the the original, the OG. To me, Seeds of Love is like one point five. Seeds of Love is just, I kind of can group the Seeds of Love in with what the other topic of this episode is, which is the Tears Roll Down compilation. I think they go hand in hand. <laughs> I guess. So yeah, you wanted to talk about that. Yeah. Um, it was the first. It was their years. first greatest hits comp. It was their first, I guess you can call it, I mean, there's other stuff. There was like the promo samplers for in stores and whatnot. Yeah, but those doesn't count. Those were promo. Yeah, this is... The first curated greatest hits, I guess. Yeah. Um, released on March second, nineteen ninety two. Mm. Um, had two singles. Um, Late Solo was released on February tenth, nineteen ninety two, and Woman Chains was re released on April thirteenth, nineteen ninety two. 
Yes. And let's just run through this track list and we'll look at I'm just going to read it off and I'm going to ask her your opinion on it. Okay. Um, opens with Sony the Teeth of Love. Everybody Wants to Rule the World. Woman in Chains. Shout. Head over heels. Mad World. Pale Shelter. I Believe. Blade So Low. Mother's Talk. Change. Seven. Mother's Three. Talk album or US? Mother's Talk album. And then Advice for Young at Heart closes it. That's 12 songs. That so, is the best greatest hit you could have done in 1992. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, it's got all their yeah, biggies, though. I feel like I would have replaced Mother's Talk album with Mother's Talk US. That's probably just a personal opinion. Um, so the songs themselves, I think they're good. I think they're perfect. I think that those are exactly the songs that you need, you know, on the greatest hits. Um, I'd have to look at the track listings itself to see, like, if I like the order. Based off of what you said, I'm not sure if I like the order that it's in, but I do like the selection. I just, I'm not too sure about the order. I'd have to, I don't know the track listing off the top of my head, so I'd have to see it myself. But that's, uh, I, don't need to, I don't even know that. It's a, it's a good set of songs, and I feel like the order of it doesn't necessarily matter because it's just a compilation whereas i feel like the order of a track list from album album does matter yeah. i know sense. some people very, get very hell-bent on like oh it has to be chronological you know really interesting you know like um for because then you're expecting what's next yeah you know this one's yeah. random i mean like shout fall by head over heels okay but head over heels fall by mad world then pale shelter and then i believe then laid so low Late solo in between, I believe, and Mother's Talk is awesome. I rate that. But I will yeah. say there's a few things I would change about this. Um, soulful re-recording of I Believe and U.S. remix of Mother's Talk. That's what I, I think. agree. That's what I, I think. do agree. Obviously, because those were the single versions. Well, well, I mean, yeah. Mother's Talk, but... I understand why Mother's Talk wasn't the U.S. single. I, I understand, 100% understand why, but I believe does not make sense not being the single version. The only the only instance of, I believe, album version being released on a single was the Gatefold version, the Gatefold single, right. I believe. That, but that's the only instance you can get it in a single. Otherwise, it's not really a single. It's just an album track. If I we would really not have known that. <laughs> I would not have, did not know that. Did not know that thing got released in that double pack. No idea. You didn't know that I believe got released in the... No, I didn't know that the single version and the album version were like in the same package. I had no idea. You're the one who told me that. Before <sighs> I got it? I guess it just slipped your mind or something. Maybe I, like, looked at it on Discogs and just told you and that was it. Maybe. I don't know, but, like... Huh. Well, I taught you I something. Finally, yeah. I taught you something. There you go. Rare occasion, you guys. I taught him um, something. That never happens. Yeah. So, the, I think I've mentioned this before to you, that there was a bonus disc in a 2004 reissue that came with a DVD. These are the 12 bonus tracks that you get on disc two. 12 bonus tracks? This yeah. is interesting. This is basically the second disc. You get Memories Fade, Start of the Breakdown, mm. The Hurting, 
The Marauders. Mm, I the love that. Hour. Okay. Shout U.S. Remix. Mm. The hell. Standing on the corner of the third world. Mm. Johnny Panic and the Bible of Dreams. <laughs> Break it down again. Okay. Elemental. Why wasn't wait? Bloodletting go wait, in the wait, body wait, 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 wait. Break it down again wasn't on the original track list. This thing came out in ninety two. Oh, fuck, you're right. Oops. I mean... <laughs> Keep it in. Oh, Man, fuck. I'm... Like, this is what happens when we do late-night recordings. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's pretty neat. Don't you? Yeah. Um, it's very interesting. It's like they took songs and a half. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, Shout You's Remix? What the hell? It, I feel like if you could replace Shout You's Remix with something, what would you replace it with? I think I would... Well, I'm just going to throw out a... Um, I actually don't know. Famous last words. You're Ooh. the next Canadian single edit. You're the next Canadian single edit. Yeah. The Canadian single edit. Deserve, it deserves a home that's not just this box set. Right here. For real. Hey, I mean, it has a home on a certain 7-inch. On, on a certain 7-inch that someone here has that's not named me. Um, I'm not but, named me either. But, so what's, yeah. next to, what's next to go through? So... Talking about the compilation, then we mentioned that there was a reissue of When It Chains. It had a different B side. So the original B side, don't really We're doing this. We're doing this. It's time. It's time. So initially, When It Chains, this B side was Tears Roll Down. For the reissue, uh, it's time. Mm. It's time, Brendan. Mm. 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 Um, just, uh, just, uh, I don't even, Ghost Papa. It's Ghost Papa, you guys. We finally hit that point. The elephant we, in the, 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 the elephant in the times, room. We like, hit it. The elephant in the room. Like, the amount of times we've talked so poor, we finally, we better shout, shout, let it all out. Yep. All right. Just wanted to go on quick thing and say this is quite possibly the worst thing they've ever released absolutely i but it's that was what probably I wrote. I not said, my least favorite tears for fears song i put one of the worst things tears for fears ever did this, what's your favorite lyric mine's goes papa <laughs> just just to get your opinion on this doesn't this just seem like something rolling whipped up like yeah. One studio session because that is that him doing all of the vocals because that's definitely him screaming in the background. I think is he's it, the one saying "Ghost Papa." Probably. Oh man, what a song! I will say one thing. I like the intro. That's it. Like the the guitar hits and then the loop loop stuff and whatnot. I like that, but when everything else, Mm-mm. no, 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 no. This is, it's definitely one of my top five least favorites. I don't see how it can't be. I think I like it, <laughs> I think I would say I like it more than the big chair. Well, you just don't like the big chair. I don't. I don't blame you, I don't like the big chair either. Um. And what is it, Empire Building? I don't like that one either. I love Empire Building. I, don't I think like I like it more than Empire Building. Gosh, I, I Oh God! What do I prefer? Gas Giants or Ghost Papa? <laughs> Probably Ghost Papa. Oh my goodness, great! I don't blame you. I agree. So I feel I feel like I would still put it at like a top five least favorite though. I, I think I prefer Ghost Papa over uh, War of Attrition. 
Yes, so I think, I think that puts it at top five of the least favorite, like number five least favorite. I think it, it puts it right there. Yeah. So it's still, I mean, of the over 100 songs they have, that's still pretty bad for it to be like, yeah. Uh, that's all I've really got to say about it. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Um, you ready to move just... on to like the better I'm, I'm gonna offer just my five cents on Ghost Papa. The song's worth five cents. Um, but I, uh, uh-uh. <laughs> no, just mm-mm. there's no other way of saying getting around it. Just saying, mm-mm. I don't own this song in any physical media. I don't own any other woman in chains '92 releases. I want to get that picture disc. I would like the picture disc as well. Because Roland's on but... the side. Well, yeah, and just because it's and you get a poster of the tears roll down cover and it's a different release it's a different it's release. got and yeah so yeah hang on i guess this is relevant to the episode what's the tr- the track listing on this version is different um, yeah it's uh... the 45 is woman in chains back with Batman song but the 12 inch picture disc is woman in chains Batman song and ghost papa so is the 12 inch picture disc the only instance you get ghost papa cd single Oh, okay. But it's feeling vinyl. Yes. Interesting. And there was an acetate that had the body wah as the B-side, but it never came out on any Woman of Chains. Oh, so the body wah is not on vinyl, except for Saturday. Is it on Saturday? It's on Saturday. It is. No, there's a late solo 12-inch. Oh yeah, I forgot the body wall is on late solo. I yeah. totally have late solo on yeah, my twelve inch. Yeah, yeah, because I have the actually, picture disc. That was the actually the main Lord B side in the body wall. Did you know that that was the main B side and Lord of Karma was just like twelve inch bonus? Interesting. Uh, okay, good to know. I'm tired, but yep. let's push through this. Um, so I guess that does kind of move us into late solo. Top five is your favorite song for me. Top five. You know, it's funny. We, we've always kind of had this talking point that this song was completely swept under the rug, not paid attention to it all by the public eye. No one cared. No one noticed it. Not true. Yeah, because if we look at the charting, it's a gal. 17 in the UK. 10 on alternative airplay charts in the United States, 40 in Germany, 15 in France, 28 in Canada, 96 in the Netherlands, and 49 in Belgium. It hit top 50 in several different countries. Isn't that higher than what advice got in the U.S. for all of those? Advice got, right? what was it, 91 or 89? It was like 93. So at least loaded better than advice. I mean, Lysol did not break the top 100 in the U.S. No. But top 10 airplane. Uh, well, it, it hit is, number 10 in the airplane. It, it did not break into the billboard, I should say. Billboard top yeah. 100. Thing. But yeah. airplane is kind of impressive. It means it got played a lot. That's what airplane means, yeah. I think. I don't know radio stuff. I don't <laughs> listen to radio. I listen to podcasts. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, top five, easily. It's it's a really good repurpose for Tears Roll Down. Like the yeah. song Tears Roll Down. No, because Tears Roll Down stinks. It does. But this, but is, this is insane. It's like it got juiced. It did. And it's, yeah, it's just all around great. Now, were we watching the music video to this? 
Yes. So I can pull that up right now. Or did you want to talk about the B-sides first? Let's talk about the B-sides first. Okay. I am deeply in love with Board of Karma. Oh, me too. I feel like it should have been on the L now. Like, I feel yeah. like it could have easily replaced Gas Giants without a doubt. It, I, I, Maybe I even Mr. Out, Pessimist. I always point out that whole Gas Giants power section is just being a perfect spot for bloodletting a new star in Lord of Karma. Yep, exactly. <laughs> yep. Just want to say mm-hmm. one thing. You do that, you have an album better than The Seeds of Love and an album better than Happy End. I don't know if I'd say better than Seed Love, but I feel like... End. Well, I'm right now is number three for me, even with those songs. If that was the case... Oh, that's, but that's you, though. For me, it would, <laughs> it, would put it, at th- it would it would put it at three for me. It'd probably move it up one. Mm, it, would put it, it would put it at four for me. Yeah. See, Elementals and Elm were like... Sure, the lows are some of the worst songs of their career. Like, I'm not talking like B-side throwaway songs. I'm talking like genuine written songs. But the like, highs yeah. on Elemental are so good. Yeah. No, I, that's why I feel bad for having it as my least favorite mm-hmm. album. But I'm like, those yeah. lows really make the difference. Yeah. I mean, you figure an album with Elemental, Cold, Break It Down Again, Good Night Song. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. But so, Lord of Karma, it's funky. Real funky. It's groovy. Yeah. It's too good to be just a B-side. I'm sorry. Yeah. It should have been an album track, and it's a banger. Guess what it's got a lot of, which I know you love. A lot of reverb. <laughs> on this one. And love, then the I, other B-side was the Baudois. I love this song for what it is because it's so unusual. First off, that thing you, the, yeah, the thing you hear throughout the entire intro is a loop from Lord of Karma. That thing in the intro, it's slowed down. I, it sounded familiar to me. So this was actually the first time I listened to it since 2020. And I forgot. Well, I didn't like it initially when I heard it. But now that I've heard it again after three years, I'm like, I actually really like this. It was calming and like very like aerial. Yeah. Uh, experimental. And I liked it a lot. Now, do you also hear Roland ad-libbing some vocals on this at all? Yes, I did. And I was actually going to ask you if you knew. I don't know what he's saying. It's not you don't. distinguishable. But he is clearly yeah. like just doing some vocals. And there's a, a loop from a radio thing of someone just saying, because she has power, just looped and looped and looped and looped. Did you catch that? Yeah. Yeah, and it just kind of fades. But this song is just never talked about completely ignored. yeah it's completely swept under the rug and um i should point out that i don't know if you you have saturn i don't know i don't know if you, did you ever look through it at all no i haven't i know i'm awful roland has a write-up for every single song on it oh we're we'll talk about that when we do the saturday episode yeah. so can i just read oh, his yeah. body walk description no. real quick no okay. no we'll get there all right um that's so yeah now for the video <laughs> i haven't seen this video for a long 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 time i don't get it get Thanks. it get it this video was directed by commanding images um who also did the video for tears roll down which we watched on here yes we did um i should point out one thing when roland was on mtv um, most wanted back in 1992 in either the U.S. or the U.K. He actually um, 
auction, not auction off, but like gave away to people that called in. Mm-hmm. He gave away cert, a few stills, like the chalkboard drawings, to fans oh, that called in. Nice. I want to see what show was. Um, thank I'm you to. Hold up. Uh, real quick, thank you to Charlotte for um putting this in her thing here that she posted on Instagram. Oh, the shows. Yep. What is it? This was on, no, it wasn't MTV. It was Going Live, which was a show on BBC One UK. It's his website description. An interview with Roland to promote the greatest hits includes a competition for Roland's guitar and some original chalk still drawings from the late solo video. Very which nice. Charlotte found and put on her uh, thing. Thanks, Charlotte. Hope you're listening. She always <laughs> listens. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I've stuff. got the, you should get the video pulled up. I think I already have it pulled up. I have to search. I don't have it pulled up. Uh, yeah, I just watched this video not too long ago because I had my phone on the TV. It's been a while for me. Yeah. Are right, you ready? Yep. Three, so you win. Two, one. All right. More uh, hand drawing animation. Yeah. Oh, pause it. Okay. This kind of reminds me of Soinzy's Love. Yeah. It's kind of like how it started off with like the, the one shot and then it has like all those spinning things around it. Yeah, now there's something kind of like this in the Tears Will Down as well. Yep. The, the dancing. Oh, there's Roland. His hair is real. His hair is very interesting here. It's a look he never did again. <laughs> it, looks like, it looks like they have like a, a drawing effect on him. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I don't remember the first time I heard Lane Solo. I just remember I came across it on, again, it was, I came across it on YouTube. And I liked it a lot. It's almost got kind of like a trip-hop beat to it. A little bit. Yeah. Um, it was, uh, but, it, yeah, when I first heard Lane Solo, it was sometime in 2020. I was in the car. I remember I was in the car, and I remember where I was in the part of town that I used to live in. I don't remember, like, what we were doing, though. I just remember it was, gosh, probably August. A lot of things happened in August. Yeah. Um, In terms of, like, oh, when I heard this and that. What's interesting about this, though? What? Is that the Tears Roll Down video had a white background. This is a black background. Yeah, I noticed, and I think I like the the darker background more because it brings the colors out more. This is just so impressive, though. So it's, this this is still all hand drawn. Yes. Yeah. Very similar to Tears Will Down, which I think is interesting that he used the same like premise for mm-hmm. both of them. But it also makes sense seeing as Late So Low is a repurposed version. Yeah. Of Tears Will Down. Look at his teeth. I see he's got them fixed since. He has. Something I will say is that I do look forward to the elemental music videos because those will be way easier to comment on than to see the love. Yeah. See the love. Same for Raul. There's his head. (laughs) I love when they just show a random flash of his head. Skeleton. Oh, Roland. Jump scare. This song is so good. 
I agree. I, w- I seriously wish the song was streaming. I mean, I have it in my library. Well, not all of us do, okay? If I if it was streaming, I would listen to this all the time. But because, hey, maybe you can help me out there. I don't have it on CD, but I would like a digital format right. somehow, some way. Um, wow. Love this song. It's so good. <laughs> no, I think I would say I like the, this music video more than the Tears Roll Down one yeah. because we get Roland in it. Absolutely. And also, oh, what more do you need? Yeah, I like the much. shots among the guitar solo shots are cool. <laughs> I think you're ahead of me by like one second, but it's okay. I like his shirt. Yeah, his shirt. Yeah, with. I've never seen him wear a shirt like that. It's like, yeah, there he is again. He's got a good side profile. I've always liked his side profile. I like his nose. He's always just eating his words when he sings. He always is, but he doesn't anymore, I don't think. His hair's so long here. <laughs> is it straight here? Yeah, it's like, it looks pretty straight. It looks kind of mixed. It looks frizzy. <laughs> yeah, it does. Hmm. You said this came out February 10th, 1992? Yeah. Okay. A little over a year before Elemental. Yeah. So, I mean, okay, I see. This is kind of a long song. Yeah, pushing five minutes, I think. It's like four minutes, 52 seconds. It might as well be five minutes. Yeah, that pretty much sums it up. It's kind of just that for the fade yeah. out. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Are you going to rate the video? I don't think video solved four out of five because it's just I'd very give it a four out of five. Yeah. impressive. We didn't rate any of the songs. Do we have we ever rated? We have rated B sides. I always forget that we do that. Okay, so Ghost Papa. Oh my God, no! It's playing. No, not Last Days on Earth. <laughs> it started <laughs> auto playing. What's in my My auto play is even better than the real thing by U two. Okay. Okay. Um, so Ghost Papa, I would rate like. At most, a one. But at most. I'm going a half out of five. <laughs> yeah, I would probably say the same. It's funny to um, laugh at. Yeah. Uh, late's a low five out of five. Six out of five, even. Break the scale. How about you? What do you think? Late's a low? Yeah. Five. Breaks the scale, probably. Yeah. I'd also give Lord of Combat five. Lord of Combat, yep. Body wall? Four. I give it a 4.2. 4. 4. 4.2 pitchfork. Pitchfork. Yeah. Yeah, comfortable 4 for me for yeah. that one. Um, I think that might be it in terms of 1991, 1992. Don't know what else there is to say. Um, That's about it, really. Yeah, I mean, in 1993, um, the other half released an album. Oh, what's so what's our next episode? Is our next episode still on border? What came out first? Uh, Oh, shoot. You look up Elemental, look up Soulboard. Elemental came out in um, June, right? June 7th. It's Elemental. We have to do the Elemental era next, and then we do Soulboard with September. Okay. That's what I thought. 
That's what we I have thought. videos to watch that we got calling out to watch for that one. <laughs> oh, there's a video for that. I haven't seen yeah. that. Okay. Dear God, I'm doing the best that I can. <laughs> I hate that song so much, but we'll what? get there. But I want to say what Memories Fade has that listed, uh, has a video for words listed. Interesting. But there's, I've never seen it, and I don't think it's a thing. Huh. There's not a single recording of it on the internet. <laughs> I've, I've looked. Maybe they were, like, going to make one for it, and then never actually did. Yeah. Who but knows? Yeah. In terms of the breakup and post-breakup... Sad but necessary. That's all I got today. <laughs> Breakup was sad but necessary. Yep, sad but necessary. And they moved on, they reunited, but we'll get there. So, but for now, for now, it's actually going to be kind of weird. Like, for now on, at least for the next two albums, well, I guess aside from Soul on Board, we won't really be talking about Kurt. Wait, when yeah. we talk about Tears for Fears, we'll we talk about talk Tears for Fears. Certain song. No, but, but when we. <laughs> Yeah. If you listen to the end, thank you very much. As always, we appreciate your support. If you don't already, go ahead and follow us on Facebook, History from the Picture, and Twitter at HFTBC underscore pod. And of course, Instagram, home base, at History from the Picture. It's where all the cool stuff happens. We've got memorabilia slash merch slash music Mondays, where we share various items from our collections, which I think is very cool. Um, throwback Thursdays. Sometimes it's just a photo, but hey, yeah. people like photos. And we've got Fun Fact Fridays, and then Song Fact Saturday slash Sunday, which aren't super common, but they're there. Um, they're there. Um, go ahead and follow at tearsforfears.swag for some funny Tears for Fears memes. Will he post? Maybe, maybe not. And also go ahead and check out at Brendan's underscore music. No, yes. Yeah. Brendan's underscore music underscore vault. And that is that. We didn't have any I believe jokes this time around. You believe? Oh, I'm just saying. Yep. Anything you would like to add um, before I sign us off? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure. Um... Follow at Jerry Cola underscore art underscore. Yes, I know it's so confusing. For the best art. I've been losing followers, <laughs> but it, I've also not been posting, but I'm busy. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. oh well. And follow. Cherry Cola underscore vinyl. Correct. No underscore at the end. For Correct. Vinyl. Yep, I've, I've got quite a few posts on there, actually. Uh, let me see how How's many it doing? I've got. I've got 40 followers. Pretty good, pretty good for just starting out. It's been almost two weeks, I think, so that's not too bad at all. No. But uh, yeah. Stay tuned for next week when we start officially. Well, I guess this was kind of the start, but we start elemental. So, so long. Take care.
always remember to sow the seeds of love.